Is there a place that you can call home, despite all the negativity that you see in the world? Is there a place where you can be amongst your peers knowing you will not be judged? And is there a place where you can just celebrate you being you? Well, that's what we're here to talk about today at Brother Speed Podcast, Black Gay Prize. See you in just a second. All right, guys, this is uh, Brothers Be Podcast coming at you to talk about black LGBT issues and topics. And I'm uh, with my co host, Darnell. And Ricky. And we are Brothers Speaking. This is Chris. You know, um, this particular podcast is going to be considered to be a special podcast because we want to do, do something a little bit different to kind of give you guys some information regarding some of the black pride within the area of the United States as well as also international. We got a little treat for you, so stay tuned for that. Um, but one of the things that we wanted to talk about was. The history of the Black Pride. Now, for me, you know, I've never been to a Black Pride. I'm not gonna lie. I haven't either. I've never been to a Black Pride, no. and you know, not. I'm not saying that's a bad thing, or, or but I'm just saying that it's an, it's an experience that I would like to have. Yeah. It's an experience that I myself, I have never seen a Black Pride in Florida. There's yeah, not a Black I don't pride. think that there is. No, no, no. There there's one in Jacksonville. I believe there's one in Jacksonville. Um, but not in Miami, not yeah, in Fort Lauderdale, yeah. not in West Palm, and those are the areas that people, you know, one of the bigger populated areas. That, quite frankly, why don't we have a Black Pride in this area? That's a good question. So, I mean, do you think that maybe it's because of internal issues? Maybe we, not enough of us, are out out, so maybe we wouldn't gather together. That is a good question because a lot of us are still in the DL. I'm not yeah. gonna lie about that, and you know it's it's safer to be, you know, on the DL versus yeah. criticized in public. So I'm not gonna lie about that. Those are topics that a lot of people really do really question themselves. They, they, they may feel a safe a safe haven in a gay area or gay yeah. predominated area, mm-hmm. uh, but as far as actually being out, that would pretty much put a label to say I am exactly. gay. Exactly, you you can't hide that at that point once you participate in Pride. Um, that's kind of what that signifies to to most people who are going to see you there. Either you're supporting it because you're you are um, of the LGBT community, or because you know someone who is um, within the community. Well, and as you guys know, we have what one black gay bar down here, and it doesn't even want to call itself a black gay bar. That's true. That's true. What does it call itself? An interracial. The the, the first interracial. Because God forbid (laughs) you you attach black to anything, right? You know, and the the part that I couldn't understand is like, wait a minute, South Florida is interracial in general. Exactly. Damn near every club that we. Yeah, and damn near every club that we go to is interracial, even if it's predominantly one thing. You usually get a sprinkle of sprinkle. Of some type of you, you know, uh, Chris, you know, sprinkled throughout something of different, yeah. whether it's European, whether it's dark black, whatever. You right. usually see somebody else right. of some of a different ethnicity, ethnicity right. within that club. Yeah, I wonder if it's part of it is what you guys are saying. A lot of people aren't secure with themselves or on a down low, but it's also you put black in front of any sort of event. And, and suddenly, the, the negative it, exactly, yeah, you attach yeah. a negative connotation. Yeah, yeah. you know what? I'm gonna, I'm not gonna lie. I think that's definitely a big part of it. Yeah. I think it's a definite big even part amongst of it. black people. Yeah, because if you remember, like we do have a lot of internalized, it's, yes. yeah, you know, stereotypes, yeah. shame. There's a lot of shame. shame. A lot of stuff. Shame. Yeah. Is, We're not gonna be as forthcoming to come out and say. I'm out of the closet. Yeah, because white people they do it all the time. They, I mean, there's no shame with them. But, but should there be though? There's I no mean, shame in whiteness, the, but there's the, shame in yeah. blackness. And I, I would but like do, to. Do you think that it's, it's self-inflicted though? That's my question. Well, well yes. no, no, it, it comes from outside forces, and then eventually it gets internalized. I think it's already internalized when you grow up. Because when you go yeah. to the church, when you go yeah. to church, you it's are pretty much shamed in terms of you being well, number one gay. Let's put that up. Right, right. And don't number one too. I'm not gonna lie. And say that as a child that you knew the difference between light skin black and dark skin black. Mm-hmm. You knew it. I knew it growing up. Me, but, if I look at my direct family, mm-hmm. I was the darkest one. Now, of course, they have their own ways of saying that. <laughs> you know, your baby gonna turn out looking like the one you angry at. And oh, my, yeah. and my, uh, my <laughs> grandfather, being a minister, mm-hmm. was darker. He was darker than the rest of his children and my grandmother. And being the fact that my mother had me in a very early age, she, the, her and my grandfather, they were going at it. 
Guess who oh, I turned out looking like? Oh, I look like grand. People have put me and my grandfather. Say, oh my god, that's your father? <laughs> no, it's my grandfather. Are you sure? They're asking me. Am I sure? I'm in my own family. I'm like, no. That's my daddy right here. You know, you know this. And my daddy's lighter. My sister is lighter. Matter of fact, to the point, she's red. Your complexion, really? And but we came from the same That's parents. Crazy. We came from the same parents. No, we, it happens. It happens. It like, happens a lot. Like, like my shades. sister, my sister, she's like medium brown, uh-huh. and she had a baby with a man who was about your complexion. Her daughter's light as hell. Light, exactly. Like, we come up with different shades. I mean, black yeah. people are we are every shade at Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true. But the time that we are now embracing who we are and that's where one I'm black and I'm proud that movement that movement helped kind of threshold in being strong I'm taking pride within yeah. yourself and if you really think about it that was during the afro stage people holding up yeah. the fists and, and everything like that it was also during that phase as well so those type of movements right. is what we need and a yeah. lot of people still don't realize that a lot of the gay movements were initiated by black people yeah. by People but, of color, thank yeah, you, who, who happen like to be that. LGBT, like Stonewall, for Stonewall's instance. Stonewall's a perfect example. Started by drag queens and, yeah. and transgendered people. Like, they were... They were the ones who were fighting back, like get the yeah. fuck off me. But but that that gets a that that's there's so much erasure going on to where oh my like God. there was a Stonewall movie that the came Stone- out a Thank few months you. ago, I'm glad you and said that. they decided to make the protagonist of this movie into some white all kid. white type of thing. Really, yes. the whole the movie Stonewall oh they, they tried to make it all white, like yes. all white was the one that we got to start. That one even how discrediting is that? Let, let me tell you, I did see an article with some of the ones that were. Out there, right? And I'll be honest with you. When I tried to click and on, click on that article, mm-hmm. even though you saw some pictures, for some reason it didn't come out. It would like mm-hmm. the article was not not to say it's a conspiracy thing or <laughs> you know they're purposely. Well, we know how your mind works, and there's nothing <laughs> to it. All there's this truth. There's more to the story. It, then, but, you know it. And, and of course, and I was I just found it very interesting that when I was actually trying to click this article, but yet I saw the the faces. Mm-hmm. The faces were not white. The faces were not mm-hmm. white who started off this. And when I started clicking, it, it, it just almost like it was a refusal for me to see it. Now, that could be just, wow. it could be my own computer issues. It was your I'm browser. Gonna, <laughs> I'm just going to update Chrome. Yeah. <laughs> Bingo. Yeah. But I'm going to say, hmm, you know, like yeah. a little, you know, like a little conspiracy question. But anyway, but anyway yeah. that's something else. But it is. I mean, it's not surprising that it would happen with. Within the gay sphere, the same way it happens with every other sphere. Yeah, where, exactly. They, where it's the, taken exactly. and you, it's relabeled as something that it really isn't. Exactly. But the right face is put right. on that particular scenario, that situation, which right. is really interesting. Yes. Put the acceptable face on. Back to the know? discrediting. Having, I honestly think that if they had actually put the faces that that caused the movement on it, the movement probably wouldn't have gotten any traction. Like if they yeah. had actually Ooh, publicly you're right said that's like interesting. that's an interesting you know. theory. Which right I think it, I think that probably has a lot of weight to yeah. that statement that you just made, honestly. Because yeah. I think maybe it seemed that we wouldn't have enough, I guess, financial power to do it first of all. Right. Um, to get things moving in a direction that they actually were able to move into. So right. like uh, even now you see how hard it is for people to acknowledge that black lives matter. Yeah. It's hard for them to see the humanity in us. Yes, mm-hmm. you yes. know, like they they go crazy when you kill a gorilla. You know, oh like, yeah! Oh, oh my God! It's the end of the world. Isn't he dark skin too? <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> Last I checked, you know, I'm yeah. gonna make sure that I'm you know right. They're able to attach humanity to him, but not to black people getting murdered. And see, and that's yeah. where that's why I keep thinking, you know. More prize are needed. Yes. We have to actually bring more prizes. Yes. And, and, and I'm not saying that this is uh, to cause division, because a lot of people will now think. And by the no, way, it's not about that. and by the way, when we actually speak of a black gay pride or just black pride in general, or just uh, being just being proud of who you are, automatically the opposition is from the majority, mm-hmm. and it's usually mm-hmm. something to say, oh. You know, then you're trying to divide us. Well, wait a minute. How am I dividing when we're the minorities and we don't get much recognition anyway? Aren't you by nature dividing and not even realizing that you're exactly? I had a conversation with um, a friend on Facebook, um, actually a co worker, so you know, we're cool, but 
Because I, I don't want to. Because I don't know where we stand at this point. Because I said what I said to him, and it's like, well, I don't know how you took what I said to you. But we were discussing the issue with um, the Alton Sterling situation. Yeah. Oh wow. And but um, we were talking. He made a statement about. Uh, he generalized all black people and he was saying well maybe he shouldn't have been resisting arrest or maybe uh, he shouldn't have been carrying a, a firearm and, and uh, maybe he should have had a license for it and he was trying to make it seem like it was Alton's fault that he was the one who was murdered but when you look at the video it's plain as day what happened he with did a football man. tackle on him it's plain right. as day so my response to him was why I, first of all I labeled him as racist and then I retracted that statement afterwards and I said, well, maybe racist was too strong. Maybe I should have said you're judgmental because you're saying something that uh, you're trying to attach a stigma to this man, to this situation. It wasn't his fault. He, if he, even if he did resist arrest, that didn't give cause for them to... How did you de-escalate it? How did you, as an exactly. officer... Well, there, there should be techniques in place for them to there know There are. It's whether or not you choose to practice Exactly. It. And you saw what they did after after he was murdered. Suddenly, his whole criminal history came they out. They brought it out. How yeah. is that remotely relevant to they the fact that he was murdered? It it's like a it technique that you have to do to, to discredit. Exactly. You must do the to discredit. Exactly. So, in this particular like, case... for instance, you know... You know sorry, I didn't... Go ahead. That, that case with the kid who... The kid, the the grown man who raped a girl in California, he he got off. He got like what six months or something the of probation. Dad, uh, yeah, wrote like a letter. Yeah, like twenty minutes were ruining his life. What about the girl? Yeah, um, and what they did with him was they released like his swim results after he was. Oh, like, that's right. Yes, that's. But when one of us gets murdered, they release the they oh find everything. You're right about that. And yeah. she, he, as a matter of fact, because of the fact that he was Olympics, he was the Olympic swimmer, yeah, uh, potentially, or, or potentially yeah. Olympic swimmer. You're right. They released his record to show right. exactly how much of a great human exactly. being this guy was. And it's kind of funny you say that because the time that he had to spend, which by the way, is on his record for the rest of his life. Well. So I think. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly how much power his family they really have yeah, to he, seal it. He can't join the Olympic team and stuff Whatever. like that. But he will be fine. But guess what? But he guess what? He's alive, isn't he? he it's a, it's a, it was a 55-year-old woman, older woman, who had recently been ran over by a young white guy. And actually, you know what? He turned himself in. I think this was in the state of Florida. I can pull out the article. He was only given about six months in jail. Wow. Six wow. months. Wow. And uh, Six months. And if you look at the pictures, very dark-skinned woman mm. and a very young, uh, Caucasian-looking male. And this is just this is a 2016 guys. It's nothing wow. that's not Martin not new. exactly. Now. So if anything, especially now, right. I think you have to have some sort of pride in saying, "Wait a minute." Right. Every, the meat is going to paint you in one particular direction at all times. You're going to get that no matter exactly. what. But. To show that, you know what, all the positivity that we have, that the media will not show, purposely, by the way. I, pur- oh, yeah. I think it's a plan, purposely. I'm not, it's, it's, it really is a, a witch hunt after mm. African American men. That's why we need the unity that. Yes, yes we do. We're, need we're, trying to, we're trying to grow right now with the different movements and whatnot. Yeah. But we really need to solidify it. Yeah. Especially within the. Because honestly, black. Um, LGBT people are at higher risk for uh, for being attacked, killed. Acts of violence. Acts of violence, thank you. Um, so we really need some sort of, we do need more pride events throughout yeah. the country, throughout the world, yeah. to where we show that we are a community. Exactly. Because right? they don't really see us as that. Yeah. Exactly. And the, but you know what? I, I think that I, I do like the fact that some of the most popular uh, pride events, especially among uh, black and gay, are the DC Black Pride, the Beach, Los Angeles, Black Pride, and Atlanta, Black Pride are amongst the most popular ones. But I'm beginning to see the trend is now begin to spread a lot mm-hmm. more across the United and that's States. That's a really, really good thing. And it, thank that's you. Really it, it is a tremendously good thing. I mean, I'm now beginning to see things in Orlando, mm-hmm. uh, you know, which is called, you know, don't get me wrong, there's even subcultures within that, like the big boy, uh, the big yeah. boy, Black Pride. <laughs> which, I, you know what, let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. He had to look at me when he said that. <laughs> <laughs> I did not look at <laughs> No, you're more medium. But what I'm saying yeah. is that... No, it's good. <laughs> but I do like the fact that even within the subcultures, there's a, 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 a thing of, I'm big, so what? It's not exactly. about fitting that, that stereotypical that's body. the beauty of being gay. We don't fit into anybody's mold, so why shouldn't we be able to... 
um, showcase who we are. Create our own. Exactly. Our own. That's right. the beauty of, of America. That's what we're supposed to be able to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I honestly, I I see no different than when uh, you go to church and the mothers and the sisters wear their hats in a survey. <laughs> <laughs> you got <laughs> you got the missionary. They got certain hats. They have their sections. The mother ex- well. exactly. They got. I, with that, you know, yeah, they all come for one reason, but yes. They, but they know where they sit, and if you sit on that, bench, <laughs> they gonna let you know, hey, you need to find somewhere to sit. This is the motherboard, this is where the mother sits. You gotta have a whole exactly. row of hats just blocking your view, exactly. But it don't matter because they're all together, but I do like the fact that even in Philadelphia, you have Philadelphia, Philly Black Pride. Over in uh, those areas, you have you got Houston, you got DC. Of course, you got DC. Um, you even have New York, which New York's been around forever, yeah. um, of course. But you also have Oregon. Let me stop there. Oregon. <laughs> I, I, I Portland, Oregon has a black pride of Portland, Oregon. I thought, boy, yeah, I, I, thought, no Port, I thought it was the black. <laughs> So how many people? Why am I ignorant in thinking that? Why am I ignorant? That's an ignorant thing. Why do I thought there were black people in Oregon? But it has to be some truth because we don't really see a lot of. You really don't. I was. I gotta say, I'm glad somebody said. You know what? Recognize us, even in those areas, as small as it could be. Maybe it could be to fit a club or something. It don't matter. Is bottom line is that it should show that you are. You know, yeah. and you know, as well as also a few other places like Memphis, Tennessee, Columbia, yeah. uh, Columbus, excuse me, Ohio. So regardless of the fact that they're now spreading exactly. about, but it all started in one place, mm-hmm. which was Stonewall. Yeah. It derived from Stonewall. Yeah. And you know what? Again, I think it's very good the fact that we don't erase ourselves from that particular piece of history. Mm-hmm. We yeah. can't erase ourselves. They have. Uh, oh yeah, right. We're putting we, ourselves yeah. back into the narrative. Well, yeah. we should say that they want to. Yeah, we should say because the fact They're that we keep putting it back in our face, say, uh, uh-uh, it was nope. actually yeah. us who started that. And yeah. I believe that when you kind of go over to the the DC one, we actually it started off as one way. I believe it was starting off as uh, the children, uh, the, the one that actually. Um, yeah, I read that. Um, yeah, it, it started off the one. Well, by the way. When it came down to the HIV and the AIDS situation, we were there just as much. It was a huge thing yeah. because when it struck, it struck with almost like yeah. thunder mm-hmm. for right. all of us. And we had to, all of us had to rely on all of us. And black, and I think, maybe I'm wrong, and maybe I should look at the information a little bit more. I'm not sure during a tragedy like that, when it came down to AIDS and HIV, I'm not sure that all of us, all gay people come together. Did we really come together during those moments? That's something I would like to indulge yeah. more into. I would say that the, I, my opinion would be yes because there are the the tragedies that are, have been occurring now, like with Pulse, and everybody is trying to come together and support each other. So I think in any kind of tragedy, people are going to come together. Whether we stay together, right, is a different is a, sto- yeah. a different story. But I think when it comes to um, an epidemic, epidemic exactly, like that, yeah. people are going to so you're going to naturally be afraid, and you're going to reach out to somebody, and you're going to ask for help, and they're going to ask for help. So it's kind of one of those things where everybody comes together, not purposely but on purpose and you know the thing about it is I think um, it's you know it's kind of sad because even with these movements it's kind of being overshadowed by so much of the the Mm -hmm. negativity of it all you know especially the media the media has a very powerful force oh yeah and because the fact it's just being overshadowed it's more like do you you do kind of worry of whether or not these particular events, even though it's showing much of a, a pride and a, a confidence and satisfaction, saying this is who you are and be proud of it, the overshadowing, you know, is it going to speak loud enough? Right. Well, the media always needs a story to tell. They need yeah. heroes and villains. Yes. So true. what they basically do is they wait for somebody to fuck up. Exactly. That's 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 what they do. And that like, gives them their story that they need. Right. To like put recently out with the Dallas shooting, like I'm sure they were salivating when they found out that the guy who oh. shot them was a black. Exactly. A Say black what you want. I still have a questions on that. I mean, listen, you could yeah. investigate your ass out of a paper bag, <laughs> but yet in a matter of two <laughs> right. goddamn minutes, ten damn minutes, you happen to find a dashiki. And this black guy holding up, right? But where is he? Oh, he's dead. We got that. We took care of that, right? Wait it a seemed, minute. It seemed really, too really. Easy. It seemed something so easy. Not, say what you want. It just no. don't seem. And then, how come the others are unidentified? Right. How come they're not concealing their right. their faces? Right. Something, something is just not right with this. Something's and then I think it was exclusive breaking news that a chief of police 
um, child just shot somebody recently. Oh. Chief of police. I just saw this today exclusive. Where? Uh, I, I, that's the thing. It, it just appeared as exclusive oh, today, okay. but it didn't indicate the uh, it didn't indicate the location. But this is right underneath while the the chief, or I guess I assume he's chief of police in Dallas, was giving this long drawn out. You should be more sympathetic towards the policeman interview with CNN uh, with oh. the guy that. Oh yeah, they got to make sure it's a black guy. You got to make sure it's a black yeah. guy who put on there. And I think he's a chief of police. Yeah, he is in Dallas. Yeah. So wait a minute. So you're putting his face out there, black face now. Yeah. Dark as me and you, you know, to actually put out there and talking more about the police versus actually the brutality. The question, the one, that, the question that did came up during this, not the DBA, was to say, hey, what would you say to some of the protesters? He said some of the most asinine things. I'm thinking to oh myself, my God. you know, it's like you know, we put our lives on the line for you, and I'm thinking to myself, really. <laughs> Is it your life on the line or our lives on the line? You know, I think mm. that's really why we need more pride events because think about think about these kids. They they watch the news every day and who are they seeing murdered? People who look like Exactly. Them. Every single day they're being inundated with mm-hmm. constant attacks and murders and questions as to your character because you got murdered and now we have to tear apart your life to find out why you were murdered yeah. as opposed to looking at the, the person that murdered you exactly, exactly. You know? that's what an investigation so, is I it's think to figure out ex- why they exactly. did not to break you down as you're the victim but we're going to still break you down and I'm right. sorry this is hard to say it's Texas Texas has fucked up so many times and they've actually mm-hmm. put people and they found certain people are not supposed to be on death row that oh, were yes. Texas yeah. has made up so many mm-hmm. bad things throughout history this yep. is not the first year right. so many times so many times so that's why events like this we need to find an overshadow because now there's a certain level of fear mm-hmm. of walking out your door yeah. And if we do not really get more events like prides out there, yeah. unfortunately, it's going to be it will be overshadowed if we don't necessarily make more things like this yeah. occur. This has to be people, our voice. Yeah, people need to see positive representation of themselves. Yeah. Exactly. Like you need to be surrounded by people who are secure and happy mm-hmm. and celebrating being black and gay in this country mm-hmm. and that we're not all just being murdered. Exactly. Some of us are living very successful lives. Exactly, exactly. And I, I'm, you know, actually I was kind of get back to the uh, Washington, D.C. It all derived from a 15-year tradition called the Children's Hour. And originally it started off in, in D.C. as just simply like a being a members-only mm-hmm. type situation of everyone who's actually a part of of the Children's Hour, basically they talked about it during Memorial Day weekend, and there was a couple of uh, organizers there. Uh, I believe uh, Wilmore Cook, Theodore Kirkland, as well as also um, Ernest Hopkins, they organized mm-hmm. the first black, gay, and lesbian pride in uh, May 25th, 1991. Uh, that was mainly to raise funds for HIV and AIDS. And next thing you know, and the organizers basically serving the um, African American community in DC and all the surrounding areas. Now, it started that way, but it winded up ending another. And I actually, I was very happy to see such something of one mm. to see that it's something of organization amongst us yeah. mm. can actually last for 15 years and still carry further. Yeah. Because in other words, we can really get things going if we, we really want to. Yeah. Civil rights movement, keep in mind, the civil rights movement... We also still had to come together. Yeah, there was mockery, but everyone had to sacrifice something for mm-hmm. a greater cause. Yeah. If you, even when the movie Selma, did you guys see the movie Selma? Yeah. First off, I, that was probably one of the only movies I have can count on my hand that I cried. <laughs> I that was the only movie I just, <laughs> Lord, <laughs> Hallelujah! You know, I was I didn't know how to. I didn't, it was more like just to see the progress yeah. and to see <laughs> there was bickering amongst. But because of the fact that they were basically holding their own city and own state down while the bigger movement was kind of coming in mm-hmm. to, the, to the other areas. And uh, it was kind of like, damn, you know, you know, maybe this is, you know, you're going to have the, I think the bickering is a natural part of it yeah. towards a greater thing. Because through conflict, mm-hmm. you can actually, if everyone's mature, you can actually progress and to, to and then sell, but that's what happens. You yeah. have to have a bigger picture. It can't be about you. It can't be about your somebody's ego or whatever. It has right. to be about the big picture. The big the picture. Dude. And it's justified to me. And, and honestly, I, I really enjoyed the movie Selma. I thought they did an awesome production on that. It was really yeah. good. And I'm just happy to see that a lot of these black prides are now sprouting up everywhere mm-hmm. and getting things 
keep it going, you know, yeah. and um, we're reaching out, just to kind of let everyone know, we're also reaching out to everyone across the United States who actually have the Black Pride uh, within their towns, within their cities, so therefore everyone knows what's yeah. going on, and, and by the way, we're going to start doing, calling out some of these people to kind of do little plugs, because some of the events are still up and coming, and I think it's a good, very good idea that we reach out to them as well. Um, and with this, we definitely also reached out internationally, or I should say, they reached out to us yeah. uh, on Twitter, the power of the platform. Let me yeah, tell you, Twitter. <laughs> and when we had Paris Black Pride reach out to us to have their first historical Black Pride event in France, Yay. I got to honestly say, <laughs> I I was really really surprised, and I honestly I was I felt honored. Yeah. And uh, one of the interviews that we just recently conducted, which, by the way, is our first interview, uh, yeah. we actually put it, uh, we're going to be putting it on the Facebook coming, uh, not Facebook, I'm sorry, we're putting it on the <laughs> podcast coming up very soon, uh, was with Mr. James Davis, the founder of it. So we had a lot of good, interesting questions, a lot of things that uh, we actually learned a little bit more about. And what's actually the tone and everything, how everything is happening in France mm-hmm. as well. So it, it's very interesting to find out the similarities and the differences. Mm-hmm. So you know, I just—it's just good to know. Right. It's good to know what's happening in the world in terms of spreading the pride, yeah. and regardless of what, we're still pushing forward. We are still yeah. pushing forward. I think that's the important thing to know what's happening outside of your community. Yeah. Um, to see how everybody else is uh, living their lives, but in a different—you know—even on the other side of the world, they're still going through some of the same things that, that we are, but it's important to be able to stay connected to each other to see absolutely. you know, how things are working on the other side, to see how we can help or how they can help. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. So what we're going to do, we're going to actually swing over into the interview that we actually conducted with Mr. James Davis, again, the founder of uh, Paris Black Pride. And we're going to let you kind of swing over. Well, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> Let's just swing over into the interview and let you guys uh, take a listen to it. Enjoy. So first, when it comes to you being the founder of Paris Black Pride, could you explain, one, your background for our audience? Sure. Well, my name is James Davis. Um, I studied in Paris um, nine years ago. Um, that was my first experience um, living in the city for an extended period of time. I also uh, lived there recently for two years working. And during that time, I saw that there was a large, vibrant community of color that was LGBT that was largely underrepresented in mainstream society. And so after I left Paris, I, I got married. And my husband's, uh, one of my husband's friends is the, the uh, executive director of the Center for Black Equity, CBE, which coordinates uh, black pride throughout the world. And I asked him, I, you know, I was like, you guys don't have a black pride in Paris. How come? Like, you should do this. That would be a great idea. I can help you. And when I said that, he was like, okay, yeah, you know, go for it. And so I spoke to some friends who are promoters there. Uh, um, they said that they would coordinate parties. I spoke to some friends who were in the art scene. Uh, um, they said that they would coordinate an artistic element. And so here we are. Well, when it comes to the overall starting of the process, it's pretty much it's not like to meet you guys coordinated to kind of get things going. And how long did that process actually really take to really get this up and going? So I approached CBE um, late 2015. So I'd say this has been going on for eight months or so, and you know we're still figuring things out. Uh, but yeah, it's been a, I approached about hosting Paris Black Pride in late uh, 2015. So I'd say this process has taken a good eight months or so. Okay, wow, eight months. So when it comes to the community, in terms of how people, were people kind of ready for it? Were people not too sure about it? What's the overall uh, feeling of the community in terms of uh, Paris Black Pride coming in for the first time? Um, In terms of the community of color, I'd say that people... Um, are very excited. You know, they some have heard of Black Pride before, some haven't, but they are just so excited that this is coming to Paris. Um, in terms of the overall LGBT community, um, there has been some negative response um, from certain white people um, who, who are like, oh, well, why are you all separating yourselves and this is racist and 
but um, overall, the um, and I'm sorry, there also have been white people who have been like, "This is great. How can we support this?" Um, but yeah, overall, the uh, the response has been uh, very positive, and people are excited. Awesome, awesome. And I have a quote here from you, and I'll I'll quote a portion of it. Um, you say that. France has one of Europe's largest black populations, and the Constitution emphasizes the values of liberty, equality, and fraternity. Despite this, many LGBT people of color in France experience double or triple layers of marginalization because of their race, gender, and or sexual orientation. Can you expand upon that? Like, what sort of incidents have occurred that that prompted that comment? Certainly. Um... You know, the, the history of France compared to the U.S. is very different. Um, in France, there there are no questions on the census about race because they they don't believe that there is anything uh, that exists, you know, called race. So they will say that we don't have racism because race doesn't exist. Everyone is equal. Whereas um, there have been studies that show that people of Arab descent, people of African descent, are less likely to get called back for, uh, you know, uh, uh, an interview for a job. I can say personally, when I was living in France, um, you know, the most racist experiences that I had were actually in the gay neighborhood in Paris, the Marais. Um, you know, I was called a dirty N-word. I was told that I was a cleaning lady. Of course, that was n- those were not uh, normal experiences. But of all the places that it happened in Paris, um, it happened there. So that you know, that's my personal experience. Wow, wow! It's kind of funny of how they don't really consider themselves to be racist, and it's very the similarities also are here as well yeah. of how people don't consider themselves to be that, but at the same time, the separation, right. I believe, actually causes some sort of. Um, some sort of, a, I guess, a, a mixed feelings about it. Right. it almost kind of confronting something that doesn't, they really don't want to confront at the same time. Not too sure about it. Like, race is a social construct, but it's also very real. Ab- no, absolutely. Um, again, my personal opinion, they really don't even have the language to address mm. um, a lot of the issues that they have um, in France. So, you know, it's my sincere hope that Paris Black Pride um, will serve as a vehicle to further uh, uh, discussions on racial justice and social inclusion in France uh, going forward. Now, what are some of the uh, the festivities that are going to be going on during the Paris Black Pride? So, um, we have three nights of uh, parties that are already set. We have a host hotel, the Hotel Josephine, which is in the historic um, Pigalle neighborhood in Paris, um, not far from the Moulin Rouge. Um, we are also finalizing certain events. We are hoping to have a panel discussion um, with various uh, um, French and foreign um, LGBT and non-LGBT people talking about what does it, you know, what does it mean to be LGBT black. Uh, um, internationally in France as well um, and we're also very proud to have um, some relatively high uh, profile um, supporters for example we have Audrey Poulvar um, you know in the US she might not be very well known but she is famous in France for being the first black um, newscaster She's a, she is essentially the French equivalent of like Brian Gumbel Wow. Um, so she is helping us and has been very active. She marched with us during the uh, Paris Black Pride on um, July 2nd, what was that, last weekend. Um, so we're very happy to have her support as well. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. So when it comes to corporate sponsorship, I'm also curious about that as well. Um, only because here when I'm in the U.S., I've read some previous articles discussing some of the difficulties that it was to obtain uh, some of those big giant corporations to be able to be a part of the events. Have you guys been experiencing some of the same things? Uh, we haven't experienced that yet, but also um, we have not solicited any corporate sponsorships. Um, you know, that would be up to our uh, our team to decide whether or not that's something that we want or need at this point. 
Um, but they're certainly welcome to reach out to us at Paris Pride at gmail.com. <laughs> I do. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. Uh, when it comes to the the Black Pride in the UK partnership, I see the UK Black Pride, you guys partnered up. Can you discuss a little bit about that, please? Uh, certainly. So we are the second um, Black Pride in Europe after. UK Black Pride, which it just had its 11th um, annual um, festival in London. And so a few months ago, I was like, oh my gosh, they have this UK Black Pride. Hey, you guys, we should reach out to them and see if they'd be willing to partner with us. Um, and thankfully, uh, UK Black Pride was very gracious enough to uh, say that they would be our sister pride. And so we have this partnership, which I think will be very beneficial to us moving forward. I mean, you know, since they're in their 11th year, um, they really know what they're doing. They have the networks um, that are already in place. Um, I think they'll be able to help us kind of figure out what we want Black Pride to look like in France. And so we are just uh, very thankful for uh, uh, that partnership. And we had a wonderful time in uh, London on uh, June 26th. Now, 11 years is a pretty long time. Have they actually let you guys know what you're going to be up against in order to kind of make this a huge thing or pretty much you're just going to just kind of guide you along the way to make it very smooth as possible? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, we've had um, some conversations about it. Um, then we will have uh, the, the executive director of um, UK Black Pride in Paris, as well as a few other members of her team, Phil Okoku-Gima, and, and so I think they will basically assess where we are, and we are very open to having conversations about that, you know, um, June 18th, that's the day after our Friday ends, like, um, to say, hey, um, this is what we think, well, this is where we think you could improve, or what do you see this looking like next year, so... Awesome. Awesome. Okay, that's actually very good. Uh, you know, that, that guidance does make it easier, trust me, especially if, if you're taking uh, on yeah. something brand new. <laughs> what yeah, what, what yeah. do you think took so long for, I mean, it's only Europe's second black pride event. You know, that's a really good question. If I just had to hazard a guess, I would say I think it was natural for UK Black Pride to be the first just because of the common language between the UK and the US and France I you know like I said um, race is still a it's a taboo topic um, even though I think people talk about it more and more so yeah it's just it's not as common it's not as common to kind of say we're going to do our own thing especially as LGBT people of color in Europe right. wow. wow but I, you know I'm hoping yeah. that the fact that we are launching Paris Black Pride will see other black prides pop up on the continent as well. I'm sure they will. There's a lot of people who want to see who's going to be the first. <laughs> and, and we already had the UK. Now you have Paris. So who's next? It becomes the next right. question. You know, and I'm pretty sure there's more going to be coming along the way with that. Now, right. to kind of swing this a little bit closer towards some of the uh, current issues, the underlying factor. First, I want to want to say, you know, first, I want to. I was when, you, when I found out you were married. I said, wait a minute. So, are they ahead of the curve when it comes to certain topics? And is marriage a part of that? So, black gay men be getting married within the within Paris, within the UK. What's the overall? What's the was was it welcome? Was it as well received? I'm not sure. There's a huge difference between U.S. and and what's happening in Europe. Can you explain a little bit and how your marriage is received? Well, sure. Um, well, so in, in the interest of uh, full disclosure, I'm sorry I didn't say this earlier, um, I am actually not a uh, resident in France now. I, I stopped living in France in 2014. Um, so my husband and I are both American. Uh, we were married in Washington, D.C. last year, 2015. Congratulations. Um, yeah. Thank you. But how it's received in France in particular, gay marriage became legal in France in 2013. I'm 99% sure I was living there. Um, and actually, it was kind of surprising because they had their biggest uh, conservative protest that they've had in like 30 years because of um, the marriage equality bill that the justice minister, it was a black woman from French Guiana, was pushing through the parliament. And and, you know, they threw bananas at her, called her a monkey and everything, but a child of God. 
wow. during this process. Um, that being said, I think people realize that, you know, there's still a battle for hearts and minds in France, even though we think of it as very liberal. Um, but yeah, I guess we're still figuring out how, we're, uh, how we will be received in Paris. But we are, yeah, out and proud. <laughs> Are you seeing more black gay men getting married in the area? Uh, in France, I personally do not know. Personally, I don't know of any who are married. I know of um, you know several who have been in um, committed relationships for years. Um, but I mean, yeah, marriage is a relatively new thing in France. Um, like it is in the U.S. in a lot of areas. And there is also the issue in France for a lot of people who are of color are, say, they are immigrants from Africa or the French Caribbean um, departments, they call them, the territories that they have there. Um, and so there's still certain issues with homophobia and people not necessarily identifying as LGBT, even though, you know, that's what people might think of them as. So, so would you say that the overall difference between U.S. as well as France, is there much of a difference at all between how uh, black gay okay. Americans here yeah. versus France? Is there much, it doesn't sound like it, but maybe uh, you have a different take on that. That's a that's a good question. I would say that there is more of an out scene in the U.S. Um, like compared to Paris, um, you'll see um, there'll be black gay nights at certain venues, but there's not like a, a black gay club or a black gay restaurant that like you know all the time. Okay, this is our space. Um, so yeah, there's some constant navigating and waiting like to see or that Saturday night when you know okay we can go here mm-hmm. or when there will be a special party you know? so we're hoping that Paris Black Pride will grow that space okay okay Darnell uh, you mentioned earlier that part of the event will be held at Hotel Josephine and I'm assuming that's named after Josephine Baker yes correct and she is uh, one of the uh artists um, and visionaries that we are dedicating this year's Black Pride to along with James Baldwin. Right, and they're expatriates. Um, and I wanted to ask, is the is the mood still there still the same that it was like after World War II where a lot of black Americans went to Paris as sort of a safe haven? Is it still considered that? Is- um, there are thousands of Americans in, in France in general um, and there's lots of black Americans as well who come here as um, expats mm-hmm. um, I'd say a lot of those who are in France uh, love it um, and I'm sure there are certain ones who do consider it I guess a safe haven um, compared to the US especially just you know with all yeah. that's been going on recently so yeah as well as also, uh, when you mentioned uh, some of the things that's going on, we I understand that um, there's going to be the number of policemen that was a part of the gay pride there. It was about a thousand police, I believe, that were monitoring the situation there for gay pride. Now, for black gay pride, what is the actual security that you guys have in place for this event? Uh, well, we are still working with uh, the city um, to figure out, I guess, what the appropriate security posture uh, will be. Um, as of now, we don't have like any public marches planned. Um, so, yeah, we're still um, just working with the city and our uh, um, the, the venues to figure out what the appropriate security level will be. Now, with the also recent articles regarding Black Cot, the Black uh, Black uh, Matters movement. Um, I see that that has also come down there. It's not. That's not correct. Oh, to Paris. Um, I'm. I'm honest. I am honestly not familiar with it in France myself. Okay. Okay. Well, I know that yeah. it hit the the UK. They're they're having some protests right now in London uh, for the the two most recent deaths um, in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Do you think mm-hmm. that there's a possibility that Black Lives Matter could reach uh, Paris? Um, you know, it's all—it's it, uh, um, always a possibility. Um, but 
uh, I guess you know we'll just have to wait and see yeah. uh, if it. I guess if the mo if the movement really takes root in France. Okay, only because of the fact that when that question came up that we we wanted to ask is because of the fact proactively, you know what in a movement like uh, you know Paris Black Pride is actually in combination with uh, Black Lives Matter. Could that really cloud it? <laughs> to make it not necessarily the most fest- most festive event, and how could that possibly affect? That's one of the reasons why we asked that question. And is that something that you guys are? Re- I know right now you're not necessarily looking it for to be a part of it, but if it happens to come, is there any type of um, any plans in place to be proactive in terms of maybe talking to the organizers to say, hey guys, maybe you want to hold off, <laughs> or either. <laughs> Or, or something that how can you work together to make it work? I'm not sure. Just to kind of make the the, the first Paris Black Pride to be as best it could possibly be. Right. Um, well, you know, I'd have to defer to uh, our president on that. Um, but yeah, we'd have to just figure out if uh, if our um, I guess if our, our goals really mesh with um, Black Lives Matter. Where do you see? Paris Black Pride five years from now? Five years from now. Well, I, I still see it existing. Um, I see it hopefully thriving. And I hopefully see uh, Paris Black Pride extending beyond um, mainland European France into, like I was saying, the overseas department. So, like Guadeloupe and Martinique and the Caribbean, um, specifically Guadeloupe which uh, people I'm sure would estimate is like 90-something percent uh, people of African descent, um, but it does not currently now have an LGBT organization on the island. Um, So I'd like to see uh, us helping in the French overseas departments and and, um, perhaps elsewhere in Francophone Africa, and perhaps we will also be in a position to be mentoring um, other black prides in Europe. Well, you know, I never, I didn't pull up the statistics. I, I really, got to be honest with you, I didn't pull up the number of black LGBT people who actually identify themselves as black and gay within France. Is there a huge number, or what's the numbers on that? Do you know? Uh, you know, we do not have any reliable statistics at this point. Um, just like, unfortunately, it's very difficult uh, to even estimate the number of black people in France, since you can't ask the question on the census. Right. Um, so, I mean, the, the estimates are in the millions for, for black people, um, people with at least partial African descent in France. And if you've ever been, walked around Paris for a few minutes, then you would believe it. Uh, um, <laughs> and so, yeah, um, as for the number of um, LGBT people, uh, black LGBT people, uh, um, I can't hazard a guess, but um, there, there's a lot. How is life there? How have France welcomed you guys? Uh, you know, I've always uh, felt very comfortable in France. Uh, uh, love it. Uh, that's why I, you know, I was so passionate about launching this event, and I'm so happy that it's uh, come to fruition. Awesome, awesome. You're flying back for it? You're flying back for the event? You're in London right now, correct? Yeah, yeah. So um, I will be in Paris uh, Thursday, July 14th, which is also France's national holiday. And uh, Paris Black Pride will be the 15th to the 17th. So yes, we will we will be there. This is going to be a wonderful day. This is a, good, a historic event that thank you so much for allowing us to be a part right. of this. <laughs> so we're able to put this out on the broadcast and let as many people know about it as much as possible. Now, you know, what we've also been doing, uh, which I explained to you previously, that we're coming up with more of an infograph. Uh, kind of showing how things starting from the U.S. and kind of slowly but surely passing, uh, going international as well when it comes to the Black Pride uh, movement. Uh, within the U.S. as well as also within Europe as well. Is there anything that maybe you would like to make sure that we touch on? Because a lot of people, when it comes to information, a lot of people say, you know what, I would like it for more information to be talked about this. Is there anything that you would also like to touch on to kind of give people an understanding of the movement going all the way over to over overseas? Uh, well... I, I think the uh, the best people to talk with about that would probably be people at uh, CBE. So like uh, Earl Folks, who was the executive director there, 
Um, I'm sure he's a fount of knowledge on the history of the Black the Black Pride movement. Um, and, you know, he himself could speak on it, and he could also put you in contact with uh, the people who started um, Black Pride in Washington, D.C., or the predecessors of Black Pride in Washington, D.C. and uh, L.A. So. Awesome. We'll definitely do that. I believe, actually, he, he did reach out to me months before. And I told him, I'm like, wait a minute, I think I spoke to Earl. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right, so you're definitely expecting, what's the actual expectation of another of turnout? What's the turnout expected? Um, you know, this is our, our first uh, time doing this, so we will be happy with whomever shows up, uh, turns out. Um, but I... I think it's safe to say that we should at least have a turnout in the hundreds. Um, okay. People really seem to be excited about this uh, this event. Awesome, awesome. Can you tell us where people can find out more information? Certainly. Uh, so you can check us out on Facebook um, if you just search for Paris Black Pride. Our, our website is parisblackpride.com. Um, you can also check us out on Twitter at uh, Paris Black Pride. And you can also email us at parisblackbride@gmail.com. Awesome, awesome. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. And like I said, we're going to put this out in broadcast. We want people to be able to know the movement as much as possible within the U.S. is also overseas. So is there any questions you got to, you want to ask us? Oh, uh, no. It's all right. We're not that interesting. I know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, well, although I am curious about your podcast, like how long has... Um, or how long is, have you all been doing this? I mean, well, I know this is your first uh, Skype interview, but how long have you all been doing these uh, interviews? Well, to tell you the truth, you are our first interview. You are our first oh. interview. But we have done several podcasts right. before. Okay. And so we already have uh, several posted out already. And you can check us out on iTunes as well as also uh, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud. SoundCloud you can, as well as also Google um, and Mozilla and every place yeah. else. So it would be a good wide distribution. Okay. But as far as being our first interview, um, when you reached out to us on Twitter, it, it kind of said, wait a minute. <laughs> it makes total sense for, for us to actually make sure that we put out as much information as possible regarding uh, the uh, Black LGBT uh, movement, as well as also, hey, why not make him our first interview? So we decided, <laughs> we decided to make you our very first interview. So again, thanks for that. So, But I definitely want to kind of conclude the interview with uh, saying thank you again. Um, be look out for our infograph that we have coming soon for you to kind of, again, show the progression of the movement. And... Um, can check us out on the uh, the podcast and kind of hopefully we did justice with this interview. Yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. Thank you so much for your time, and uh, you know we hope to see you in Paris next year. Thank you so much. Thank you so much.